Vintage Guitar people, welcome to Have Guitar Will Travel, presented by Vintage Guitar Magazine, with your host, me, James Patrick Regan, otherwise known as Jimmy from the Deadlies. Today, once again, I'm at the Bottle Rock Festival in Napa, California, and I'm speaking with the Suffers guitarist, Kevin Bernier, and then a short interview with pop star Dwayne. First up is Kevin Bernier. With Kevin, we discuss his history with the Suffers, starting as a puck band called Los Carnales out of Houston, Texas. And we discuss the Houston music scene. We talk about playing in multiple bands in the Houston area to make ends meet, and his joy of music, not just current music, but also 80s alternative pop. We talk about his upbringing as an army brat and studying the sax and what brought him to guitar and how he learned how to be in a band. We also discuss his guitar influences. And we talk gear. And we discuss the Suffers tour schedule. You can find out more about the Suffers at their website, thesuffers.com. That's T-H-E-S-U-F-F-E-R-S.com. Please like, comment, and most of all, share this podcast. I'd really appreciate it. And please support Vintage Guitar Magazine and all the wonderful things they do for us guitar players because they do so many wonderful things for us guitar players. Here's Kevin. So, we're at Bottle Rock. Yes, we and are. And I'm with Kevin from The Suffers. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. The pleasure is yeah. all mine. This, by the way, is... Uh my first ever interview with a guitar magazine. I did have a um, a thing in um, oh how embarrassing. It was another guitar magazine where they asked me to like sub, you know submit contributions to a, like a little article like a sure. questionnaire, but not an actual full fledged like oh I'm talking to someone kind yeah. of interview. This is for like, a podcast. Yeah, it's vintage guitar magazine's yeah. podcast, but it's a podcast nonetheless. Yeah, and so it's, it's not like a written article. I know that'd be more exciting for you. Sorry about all the cable. Sorry about all the cable. <laughs> you do really. We are guitar players, right? Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. so Suffers, when did you guys start as a band? How long have you been playing with them? Actually? With them? Uh, since the beginning. Okay. Um, the original idea was for us to be a cover band for just basically Jamaican music. So all right. talking about vintage ska and reggae and pretty much all points in between mm-hmm. as well as you know just some originals that the founding member one of the founding members had was it was a patrick kelly uh-huh. he was on keys sure and in the suffers and uh, i actually knew him beforehand from a band called los scarnales that's uh-huh. how they're called um there's a very pretty much legendary houston punk rock slash ska slash Gumbia slash like Mexican slash uh-huh. old school rock and roll, essentially a punk rock band that just sort of like takes <laughs> all their influences and just sticks them in a blender. Oh, wow! So I actually uh, got to know one, pretty much everyone in the Suffers. Kind of got their either got their start, not necessarily their start, but they they were either in Los Carnales or were somehow involved in Los Carnales. Okay, uh, the lead singer Cam Franklin was you know was pretty well known in the music scene as well uh-huh. and even she would occasionally sit in like, oh, really? on stage with Los, Los Carnales so uh, that's a band you want to look up and wh- where so what kind of venues was Los Carnales playing oh gosh uh, well I mean Houston there was a legendary venue and this really makes me sad to say this it was a legendary venue called Fitzgerald's uh-huh. and you know I, I, I played there so many times I saw so many great bands there gosh uh, just off the top of my head um, the Sword was one of the bands that I saw. Like I saw many punk rock shows. Uh, I saw the band Pennywise there, for example, wow. and like and a bunch of like local bands that I just like love. But 
But now it's a parking lot. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then that's a whole long, complicated story. But anyway, that's kind of how I found my way in the suffers. Uh-huh. Was I just got contacted by uh, someone who, another founding member named Adam Castaneda, who was a founding, ba- ba- the founding, one of the other founding member, and he, he's the bass player. Sure. And, um, and he continues to be the bass player. Well, he's no longer with us. Okay. We have somebody else on bass named Juliet Terrell, and yeah. she is absolutely incredible. Uh-huh, but didn't play today. No. So Adam, Adam, I actually do still play in Adam with Adam. Okay. Um, we have, we play in this uh, rock and totally separate rock and roll band called the Lonesome Haunts, a local band down in Houston. Okay. So yeah, and then I guess sort of what I'm getting at is that the Houston music scene is just sort of like. It's a big scene, but it's also very tight knit. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I just we just sort of end up just playing with each other at some point or another, uh-huh. you know. And that's kind of like that. It's in that sort of environment that the suffers kind of like came together. It was supposed to be kind of a super group, okay, sort of speak, it, like but, a but, super group of of like the best of the local bands. Something like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Oh, of course not. No, no. <laughs> but um. But yeah, and uh, over time, the suffer sort of became sort of its own thing, and uh-huh. now we're just like making had been making our original tunes. Okay. Um, and like I said, the founding members are no longer with us. But what's funny is, is I'm actually playing Pat Kelly, the keyboard player that I mentioned earlier. Uh-huh. He's now playing drums with this Roots reggae band called Dem Roots Music. Uh-huh. And so I'm actually in that band also. Okay. So now I'm in like. I'm still in the band with Adam. I'm, st- I'm still in a band with Pat Kelly, and I'm still in this, you know, still with the Suffers. Yeah, right on. So, um, so yeah, and uh, how do you manage your time with between the three bands? Well, thankfully, music is now the only thing I do. Uh-huh. I, I play music and I do music-related things. Yeah. I uh, when I'm back home from tour. One of the things that I do is I work at a music venue called Heights Theater. It's, okay. it's one of the very, very best music venues in the city. And, you know, I'm just a, what they call, quote-unquote, like just a rover. I'm, uh-huh. I'm basically like the guy who stands next to a door with his arms folded. or just, you, know, <laughs> you know, it just basically just kind of keeps a lookout, just sort of like yeah. light security, light just being helpful to people. Sure, kind of sure. Job. But I really love working there because it's it's the quality of the people that I work there. I, just, I have fun working with those, and, you know, and it's really nice to have a line of work where you're, you just love being um, around the people that you're working with. Yeah, of course. You know, and they, you know, and, and it's exactly that kind of environment that makes you want to just do better naturally yeah yeah. you know so that's why you know i i love working at heights theater um and yeah i if you're ever in houston and if you see an artist that you like that happens to be at heights theater i strongly encourage you to go because it's it's a really really nice venue and it's staffed by people who just they really really care about working there it's like i think about i Literally, I think about that every time. At the end of the night, all I'm doing is picking up garbage. You know, other people's, like, you know, drunk people's garbage, like, spilled drinks and whatnot. Sure, sure. And, like, and, like, I think about that. I say, wow, I'm doing this not because it's my job and I'm picking up garbage or whatever. It's, yeah. it's because, I, like, I actually care. Yeah, I'm doing a little thing to show that I care, you know. <laughs> and, and Your yeah. family, a musical family? My mom's side uh-huh. was the more musical side. Mm-hmm. Um 
a lot of the members of my mom's side of the family were professional musicians. This is down in Puerto Rico, okay. actually. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just got interested in music just from being exposed to it. Like, you know, my sister would sort of turn me on to bands. Like, when I was a little a child, you know, you know, she turned me on to, like, like U2, for example. Okay. And, you know, just... And I remember, like, being into, like, bands like Duran Duran, like, yeah, in the yeah. 80s, you know? Yeah. Just like... And You're too young to be listening to bands in the 80s. <laughs> Am I, though? I yeah. I think so. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's cool because it's like, you know, those were, that was music that I was listening to back then. And, like, some of that music I'm sort of rediscovering. Uh-huh. Not only am I rediscovering, like, like Rio is a fantastic album by Duran uh, Duran. Yeah, of course. Not only that, but um, I've also been deep diving into, like, oh, wait, what other bands did I miss? Oh, yeah. So now I've been just like deep diving into bands like oh gosh like XTC, uh-huh. Killing Joke. I've been into the Police for, since I was a child. Okay, like, I've just loved that band. But like, I sometimes think like, wow, what if like at the same same time as getting into the Police, I'd also gotten into XTC. Like that would have been a very well rounded like yeah. you know post punk. Yeah, like, exactly. Indie. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. I think when did you start playing guitar? My first instrument actually was the tenor saxophone. Okay. I started playing uh, in sixth grade, tenor sax, specifically the tenor sax. I just, that was a specific saxophone that spoke to me. Uh-huh. And just like the, the tone and the range. That's of, in Houston still? No. In Puerto Rico? No. Also no. Because <laughs> now we're getting into my upbringing, Uh-oh. which is I was an art, I was uh, an army brat. Oh, okay. Kid, so yeah. yeah, I got I started playing the saxophone in sixth grade when I was living in Key West, Florida, of all okay. places. And that's a whole another rabbit hole of things about <laughs> me. Before I was living in Key West, I was actually living in in West Germany. Oh, wow! Because it was still West Germany before yeah, yeah. it was reunified. Yeah. That's that's how old I am. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, my first instrument was a saxophone, and. Um, I didn't actually start playing guitar until I turned 15, around 15. Uh-huh. And I took, I didn't, you know, take any lessons. I just took, like, the guitar class, like, in high school. Uh-huh. And for the most part, I was just sort of trying to learn. The way I learned was just from uh, applying what I had learned on the saxophone sure. to the guitar. Because yeah. at that point, I was taking jazz bands. So I was learning all those things, like, how to improvise. Yeah, you know, yeah. Little bits of music theory, like, you know, yeah. and it's like... That's stuff that I learned so early on still kind of informs how I play today. Yeah. Did you learn how to read for guitar? Not exactly read. I uh-huh. mean, I, I can sort of interpret chord, sing- chord, uh, chord symbols. Yeah. yeah, chord charts. But for the most part, I tend to just play by ear. Uh-huh. And the reason why that works well for me is because, you know, if you give me a chord, I can play like the whole chord. Sure. But what I found is, you know, in an environment where... There's a bass player. There's a keyboard player. There's a horn section. Yeah. You know, I really only need no more than three notes at a time. Sure. Yeah. So with my well-developed ear, I would just find those two or three notes. Exactly. And that's how I blend in. Not the root and the fifth, but, like, the color. Yeah, the color. Exactly. And from there, it's more about just, like, how do I fit fit in rhythmically? How do I fit in tempo-wise? Like, I'm focusing so much on the drummer at that point. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out... Just how to like sit in the pocket. You know? Did you play drums at a time? No, no, because you very you have you have a very percussive style. Yeah, and and a good sense of time, like a great sense of time with oh, your. Oh, thank you, thank playing. you. Wait, so you actually saw us play? I saw you. Of course, I saw you play. Oh, okay, right here on the, on the Jam Seller stage. <laughs> oh, awesome! Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, I didn't yeah. spend all my time in this room. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, good. Um, 
Yeah, and actually that 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 sense of rhythm and time actually did come from just playing in the suffers for so many years. Because at that, you know, before that, I was more focused on the thing that a lot of like typical electric guitar players like to focus on, which is just like lead shit and being a badass like badass solo guitar, being a shredder basically. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was so focused on that. And I sort of, like, didn't pay a whole lot of attention to rhythm. Yeah. And then it was when I started playing in the Suffers that I sort of got a crash course. Okay. You um, know, in how to just... How to pocket. play in a band. Yeah. In how a to big play band. In, yeah, <laughs> how to play in a, in a big... Exactly, in a yeah. big band. Yeah. You know? And, and when you say you're sh- you're listening or playing like Shredder, are, who, are you, who are you listening to? That's the other thing. I was, I've just been so, so just all over the map with my guitar tastes. Uh-huh. I love Andy Summers. I of love course. that textural guitar yeah, style yeah. that he had or has, yeah. as well as The Edge from U2. Yeah. Um, also listen to a lot of Rush. Listen to a lot of punk rock, you know, as well. You know, I was more, um, I've been more of like, I generally tend to be more of a guitar-driven, like just rock guy, you know. Um, so being in the suffers was just like quite an adjustment. Um, sure. Like just how to like sort of do more with less and just yeah. pay attention more to the rhythm and uh, sort of develop my inner metronome. Sure. Um, as, and, you know, that got really, really frustrating at times. It really just many times it really felt like I was banging my head against the wall uh-huh. because I would like I would get like the like like you're you're pushing the beat too much like yeah. you gotta lay back and yeah. like you're like you're rushing and like you know and just like it, I took it so personal <laughs> from people in the band or from producers people in the band oh yeah. really yeah it, it got pretty rough <laughs> yeah but um, one way or another I did finally learn how to just sort of lay back and I feel like I'm still learning I'm yeah. still like oh, extremely yeah. hyper vigilant about what's going on with the drums what's going yeah. on with the bass you know it's like I have like the kick drum the snare and yeah. the hi-hat well, especially you, the hi-hat and you have a drummer that's very aggressive right now yes yeah. so the drummer we have right now he's a guy who's he's filling in okay um, fantastic drummer um, his first name is Jordan he goes by Goma and I feel like an idiot because I don't know his last <laughs> name right now. We'll look it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, uh, our actual drummer, his name is Nick Zamora. Okay. And he's kind of been like, he's he's another just sort of a human metronome, just like uh-huh. you know. And he was, and he also had a very like musical upbringing as well. Uh-huh. You know, like. But um, he's just—he's no longer with—he's—he's he's not. I would, he's still with us. He's just not playing with us. He's just—you um, know—just dealing with some personal issues back at home. Oh, okay. So, Very good. But um, so now we have Goma, and you know, the nice thing is, like, I've learned how to play with drummers like, yeah. like Nick Zomora, like Goma, sure, like Pat Kelly, like in, in you know. And what's funny is, it's a bit of a full circle moment when I came when I eventually joined Dem Roots. Was because by that point, like my sense of time and pocket had been developed to a point where it's like the reggae stuff just like came almost naturally. Uh-huh. I was able to do like like the reggae chords, like the the stick guitar, all the things you hear in reggae music. Yeah, yeah. I was able. To, I had like almost an ingrained understanding by that point. Exactly. And that's because Pat Kelly, as well as Adam Castaneda, uh, they 
they were both huge, huge reggae heads. Okay. So, yeah. So, I, I in that sense, I learned quite a lot from them. Right on. You know, as to, like, doing the less, like, the whole less is more thing. Yeah. Which is very big in reggae. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you listen to, like, just the bass players, like, yeah. it seems like they take, they, they tend to capitalize more on the silence yeah. between the notes yep. and the notes themselves. And absolutely. That's a, that's, a, that's a thing that makes reggae, like, the thing that people love so much. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it gets that's what gets people moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> the and the guitars that you're playing that you say you were playing that Strat. So I have, I, you know, it's funny. I was never a Strat guy. Uh-huh. I was never into because I thought that you know it's like everyone has a Strat and it's like you know I moved to Texas in 2003, and you know every every blues blues player is like into Stevie Ray Vaughan, so they want to do like. The Strat with a tube screamer into a Fender amp or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you get so tired of hearing that sound. It's like I, I was over Strats for a long time. And then one day at a guitar center, I saw this one Fender Strat. They just spoke to me. Uh-huh. And the reason why is because for whatever reason, I had this craving for a Stratocaster that was yellow and black, like some uh. sort of bumblebee color. Sure. Or some sort of like, you know, like construction yellow color. And that's the Strat that I saw. And I was like... It just felt like destiny. So I, I have that strat. Um, I'm also playing a Gretsch White Falcon. Yeah, I saw that too. Um, it's not vintage. Everyone calm down. <laughs> it's, it's a newer one. Um, it's one that uh, it was sort of thankfully supplied to me by Fender Guitars. Oh, great. Yeah, and I've just, I love it. And uh, I actually, I, it came with round, round strings and I upgraded it while well, I. Well, yeah, it is an upgrade. I put flat rounds on there. Oh, okay. And, yeah, it felt like I upgraded a fully loaded Cadillac. Oh, I was like, it was like the extra thing that the Cadillac needed. It, it, and it's just a great feeling, great playing guitar. <laughs> so, right. And the amps? The amps? Right now, it's a, it's a 68 Fender Deluxe Reverb reissue. Okay. Uh, the thing that I love about that amp is it's got this custom channel and also the vintage channel. The custom channel is... Uh, it's based on like the basement tone stack, okay. as you probably know. And when I found that out, like I almost I didn't even plug the amp in. I instantly like because I never met a Fender basement that I didn't like. Sure, it's just like you plug them in, just like no matter what kind of dirt pe- pedal, they just seem to take pedals so yeah, well. Yeah, you know. So I've always been very partial to basement. So when I found an amp that size with that kind of tone stack, I was like. I was immediately sold. And then yeah. when I found out that um, it breaks up earlier, I was like, oh, even more so. And then when I recently found out that you can you can actually bridge the channels and uh, it blends uh-huh. without getting out the whole out-of-phase thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's been like a game-changer thing for me. So, yeah, I absolutely love using that amp, especially right for the, the bands that I play in. It's a great rock and roll amp. It's a great amp for reggae and for soul. Yeah. It's just a great... Yeah. All around amp, versatile. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. And as far as so for the for the summer touring wise, what do you what do you guys got lined up? So this is uh, our last day of um, of an, our of our first tour leg since the pandemic shut everything down. Yep, we had a whole year in 2020 uh-huh. of just dates that were lined up, and we just like. When, when everything shut down, like, all those dates just completely just wiped us out. Wow. And it just, like... And at that point, you know, I was um, still working... Also working at Heights Theater. Yep. 
also working at a backline company, a music backline company, and like they had, all, we had all these gigs lined up. Every single one of those venues. Oh, I, and actually, the week, the week that everything shut down, I actually started working at yet another music venue, White wow. Oak Music Hall. I put in my W nine and everything, <laughs> and that week everything shut down. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, it's like the like my bread and butter. I just watched my bread and butter just yeah. like basically get flushed down the toilet by a very poorly handled pandemic oh, yeah, don't even so get me started <laughs> this is not this is not this is not going to be about, about politics this is, about this is not going to be about politics i promise but anyway so yeah but, but going forward yeah we have uh, uh more dates lined up like in july and in august uh one of the things that um sort of main events is there it is uh the Keeping the Blues Alive cruise in August. That's one of the things that we're doing. Um, but I will also say that the, currently the thing that's like most pressing, most uh, important, is yeah. that the Suffers are actually uh, coming out with our third album. Right on. Yeah. And the official release date is June 3rd. Oh, right. It's right yes. around the corner. So, yeah. And, um, yeah, so... That album's kind of a big deal for me because, um, for the most part, like the first two albums, I kind of tend to laid back a little bit more. Yeah. Um, this is the first album where I've had just like quite a bit more elbow room from from a guitar player's standpoint. Right on. And yeah, so uh, you'll hear a lot of that um, just in the third album. So that's coming out June third, and we're you know we're obviously we're playing an album release show. Yeah. And um, in Houston. Yeah, and this tour leg. Basically, this whole, t- whole tour leg has been basically about promoting the album. Okay. Yeah. And and, and so wh- where can people find The Suffers? Like, uh, what's the website? TheSuffers.com. Okay. That's like the, that's our actual website. And we're all over the streaming platforms. Okay. Like Spotify, Apple Music, yeah. you name it, we're on there. And yeah, we're, we are not hard to find on social media at all. Just uh, Twitter, at The Suffers, uh, The Suffers on Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Super, super easy to find. Yeah. And, yeah, you can look up all our tour dates. Right on. All our album release dates and things like that, yeah. and, you know. Well, it's it's wonderful talking to you. Yeah, yeah. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank, thank you, you for having me. I really do appreciate Thank you for spending the time yeah, with yeah. me. Next up is Dwayne. With Dwayne, we discuss his musical style and background, growing up in the church, also in the Houston area. And we talk about his tour schedule, which has been all the major festivals in the U.S. and Europe. We discuss how he's doing financially and how he chose his band members. You can find out more about Dwayne and hear his music at his website, yadwayne.com. That's Y-E-A-H-D-E-W-A-Y-N-E. Please like, comment, and most of all, share this podcast. I'd really appreciate it. And please support Vintage Guitar Magazine and all the wonderful things they do for us guitar players because they do so many wonderful things for us guitar players. Here's Dwayne. Good. How are you? I'm doing really good. Good. It was chilling. Your your show rocked it. It was fantastic. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. And not only that, but the tracks. Yes. They're on point. Thank you. I've seen a lot of bands on that stage where their tracks like just fell apart. Yeah. We trying to we we try to like, man. I feel like I kind of gotta like 
show people that I'm rock and roll. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. And, well, uh, you know what? Describe your music because m- the people that are listening probably don't haven't heard you. That's what I... It's just like I... I'm obsessed with the cars and Iggy Pop and Lou Reed and that yeah. shit to me is like can I can I cuss on here? That's fine. Go it's right. like power pop and like yeah. beautiful pop music to Thanks. me and I just want to make like beautiful pop rock music. Sure. So that's all, man. Oh, yeah. It's just punk. Yeah. Like and I'm just doing it my own way. It. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it looks like me. I feel like I would do what Joey Ramone would do if he was black and 25. <laughs> like that, I I really feel that way. I'm sorry. <laughs> that, no, that's, that's right on. Yes, sir. Uh, what part of Houston are you from? Uh, from Spring. Okay. From Spring, yeah. It's yeah. like 20 minutes outside of Houston. Sure, exactly. Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. Are your parents musical? Mm, not really. Anybody in your family musical? Like, my dad and my mom, like, just grew up in church. And okay. Doing music. Yeah, of course. But they're, like, very inspired by, like, what I do. And mm-hmm. they have great voices, but they, they gave me, like, the inspiration just to be more. Yeah, exactly. So that's all they could give me. And, and, the, and, I, and I needed that. So how did you how did you fall into music? Just through the church. And then okay. I was, like, 15, 16 in high school, like, opening up for huge acts. Really? And then I went to L.A. And uh-huh. You know how that goes. Yeah. You got to, like, grind it out. And then I figured it out in L.A. Uh, okay. But I was in Houston. I was like, I can't. Like, I'm too weird. Do you live to, in L.A. now? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I live in L.A. now. And I was, like, too weird to be in Houston. So <laughs> and I went to I went to L.A. And last year we figured it out, man. And uh-huh. it was, like, amazing. Yeah. and you've, I, you've, I mean it. Yeah. You've played other festivals, right? I mean, we played one earlier this year. But. This year we have all the festivals. Yeah, I mean this one, Governor's Ball, yeah. Lollapalooza, right all the European festivals, Red yeah, Leeds, exactly. all the ones that my idols have played. Yeah, we we playing them this year. Yeah, are you doing fine? <laughs> like financially, are you doing okay? Are you supporting yourself with music right I now? Am. Right on. Which is crazy to me. Yeah, exactly. I mean it. Yeah, like it's I understand. like <laughs> I like. This is what's not supposed to happen. Yeah. You know, so it's like I'm happy. That's why I'm like smiling all yeah. the time. I'm like, how did you choose your band? Um, so my guitarist Dom, who is like the best guitarist to me, he he, I I met him in L.A. when I first came, and then uh, Terry, I met him a few years in L.A. through my um, my landlord. Uh-huh. He was just like this drummer's really badass, yeah, and, and we moved in together, and we just play like a style of like Ramones. Yeah, that's all we want to do is just like play really fast punk. Yeah. But you can sing along to it. Sure you can. Like, that's yeah. all we want to do, man. It's like all Ramones, Buzzcocks, the cars inspired. Yeah. And, and we, like, we got a little chip on our shoulder. <laughs> and that's why I chose those guys. <laughs> where, can, where can people find you? Uh, at Yeah Dwayne and then Dwayne on Spotify and okay. Apple. But you're at, your website is Yeah Dwayne? Yeah Dwayne. Yeah, yeah. And Spell it's, it out. Yeah, it's uh, Y-E-A-H-D-E-W-A-Y-N dot, dot com. On Radio Die here is doing really well. Uh-huh. We just started our hairline tour. Right on. I feel amazing. Yeah, very good. Well, congratulations. <laughs> I know that wasn't your question, but <laughs> no, it's quite all right. It's been an honor to speak with yes, you. Yes, sir. You as well. Thank you so much, man. <laughs> I appreciate you. it. Yes, right. sir. Thank you. Right bro. on. Have a great day. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Have Guitar Will Travel. You can catch up on all the things I'm doing at thedeadlies.com. And I'm on all the social media platforms as well. And please support Vintage Guitar and all the wonderful things they do because they do many, many wonderful things for us guitar players. Thanks. Please subscribe. Please tell a friend. And I'll see you guys next week. Bye, guys.